Hey everybody, welcome back to the Infuse Your Future podcast. Today I'll be introducing Dr. Brenna Steinberg, a podiatrist and Clarity Catalyst coach. Dr. Steinberg introduces herself in this episode and we talk about her journey as a podiatrist and how she's incorporating the Clarity Catalyst program into her life and career. Mazel tov. Hi Brenna, how are you today? Oh, hi Carla, great, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Infuse Your Future podcast. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, so just for the people that don't know, um, I'm Dr. C, and this podcast is about bringing in people who infuse their lives and the lives of others with positive stuff, positive stuff that helps you heal and grow And I know you, Brenna, do this in every aspect of your life. You're just amazing. So what I'm hoping today is that you can introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Carla. So um, I'm Brenna Steinberg. And um, like Carla, I'm a podiatrist. And I've been a podiatrist now since I graduated in 1995. And um, I like to um, build businesses. I realized that, you know, as one person, I could help a few people, but if I could get people together, I could help many people. So I slowly was able to build a a group practice in Frederick. And um, thank God now I have a little bit of free time. So I'm on to my next venture. Um, In addition to practicing um, in my free time, I became a certified Clarity Catalyst coach. Um, and I've been teaching people how to live their best lives. That is awesome. Um, is there anything about your background that you would like to share? So about my background, um, I am a mother of two and, um, and I, I happily married. I, I did go through a divorce and part of that prompted me to become a clarity catalyst coach. And, um, so that I could reach out to other women who have gone through similar situations that I have. Um, because at the time that, that I went through the divorce, I, I didn't think I could be happy. And, um, and, and, and since then it took a lot of strength for me to find my, my true happiness and my true passion and my really who I am as a person and my inner strength. So that's what, that's what I like to do is, is help other people find their inner strength to live their best life. And that, that's just such an amazing quality. Um, so do, do you mind telling us what made you decide to become a podiatrist? And then what made you decide to transition to a Clarity Catalyst coach? <laughs> so um, that's a really long story. I got through college. Um, I want to be an actress. I was a singing waitress on a showboat and I paid for college um, myself. I had an abusive father who was a podiatrist and the only way I thought I could please him if I became a podiatrist. So it's a long road, but I I went to school and in school, I ended up making so many good friends that are still my friends to this day. And and I found that I I loved helping people and talking to people and I loved what I did. And so I I stuck with it and and I graduated with $240,000 in student loans. And I realized that I had to figure out a way to pay those loans back. And, and so I, I worked really hard um, to, to build my practice. Um, and, and so that's, that's what I did. And, and I did that 
um, it was, it was, it's a very fulfilling career. Um, but I noticed in my practice also as a podiatrist that there's many people who need that extra help. And so I'm hoping that I could help them with, with this teaching of the Clarity Catalyst course. Yeah, those student loans for doctors are just crazy and, and out of control. So hopefully we can solve that someday. Um, so what, did you have any goals in mind? Kind of touched on one briefly, but outside of, of that, or if you wanted to expound on that, you know, what kind of goals did you have when you became a podiatrist and then a Clarity Catalyst coach? And did you notice, did they, did those goals evolve over time? as you grew as a person? You know, it's kind of crazy. I, I've kind of always had the, the same goals. So it was twofold. First of all, I worked at, my first job was at McDonald's when I was 15. And I realized um, that McDonald's had these, um, these standards of training people. And um, it was a really fun job. And I loved that job because I knew, I knew what I was supposed to do with that job. And it was very well run. And um, and then I had a lot of other jobs and I always went back to this training I had at McDonald's. So once I realized, wow, as a doctor, I can really help people. I just thought I've got to make this like McDonald's so that, you know, it's smooth and it's easy because I, I visited a lot of other um, practices trying to get my residency, which is a whole nother story. And, um, and I realized that they weren't running smoothly. So my goal was always to figure out a way to make it run as smoothly as possible. And so, um, you know, I did that by having checklists, checkers of the checklist, um, different standards, training modules, everything like that to, to make it run smoothly. And that was, that part was really fun for me. And, um, and then I, I found that even with my brother's business, I've consulted on many practices and many other businesses because I like to put what I call the best practices forward, which is figure out the ways to make it run smoothly. That, that's a great story. It's funny, I, I worked at Taco Bell, not McDonald's, before I started. <laughs> um, had a few jobs myself. Um, did you ever get to go to Hamburger University? No. What was that? Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. When I was a resident, uh, there was uh, some sort of a medical show there. And I remember I, I had the opportunity to, to present a paper with one of the other residents. And so they flew us out to Chicago to Hamburger University. And we had a little hamburger bus that took us. It was just crazy. It was crazy. But I love that story. Oh, that is interesting. So as a podiatrist, what do you do? How do you help people? Oh, gosh, it's crazy. We have so many different types of patients. People really don't know this about podiatry, but we can you do, but we can treat from children to, um, to athletes. We treat adults. Um, about 10 years ago, I became a runner and I've run um, three marathons and like over 50 half marathons and some triathlons. And so I'm attracting more of the athletes lately. And so I, I, I treat a lot of athletes, which is very interesting. And I help them to get back in the game, which is another Clarity Catalyst program that we're teaching for athletes, just to put in a little plug in there for that. And, um, you know, I also go to the hospital. I treat diabetic patients with terrible wounds and, um, and a lot of patients who have obesity, which causes foot pain. And so that's, that's another thing to back, go back into this Clarity Catalyst. When, you, when you're able to get control of all the aspects in your life, 
a lot of times you can control different things like maybe your weight, um, how you feel about yourself, and you can make a lot of positive changes, which can help you with decreasing your smoking, decreasing your sugar intake. So I just feel like as podiatrists and, and coaches, Carla and I can really help people because we know your, your whole body, your whole makeup. And now we know the mindfulness aspect too. So it's, it's like when, when we finish school, right. And we were able to bring it all together and say, Oh, wow, that's how everything works together. Now, now I really, really can see how everything can work together to, to make you have the best health and the best life. I am just shocked to hear you say that you're a marathoner and a triathlete. I had no idea. I mean, we're just getting to know each other. <laughs> um, you wouldn't know it now. But pre-COVID, I was a triathlete myself. So we're definitely going to have to talk more about that. Yeah, we'll have to do a couple. <laughs> yeah, and then tying in the podiatry with this, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Chris Segler, Doc on the Run. You, you know, you mentioned that doctor to me. Yeah, he's, he's done at least 14 Ironman triathlons. Um, he's a fascinating topic, and, and we can cover that a little bit later. Maybe so you could interview him. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it sounds like with both, with all of your career interests, you must help the community a lot. How does, how does your magic help the community? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so we've had a lot of community outreaches with my practice. We, um, we sponsor the Frederick half marathon and, um, and, and so we've been doing that for several years. That's really fun. And we've had, prior to COVID, we had a lot of health and wellness expos. Um, another thing we do in the office is we have a shoe store because shoes are so important to how your feet feel is having the right fit of shoes. So we, we have um, a little shoe store in our office, which is really helpful. We sell comfort shoes. Oh my gosh. I would, if I lived near Maryland, I would probably <laughs> get you up to become partners or something. I know. <laughs> amazing practice but and then I'm what the about your life what has podiatry given to you in your life and what has being a coach and specifically a clarity catalyst coach what has that done for your life personally so I I've loved being a podiatrist I really have I, I Carla and I talked about the fact that being able to help people is such a fulfilling career no matter what career you're doing um some of the, the problem is, you know, um, dealing with the insurance companies, that, that part is stressful, but um, I, I love it. I love having a job where I can basically work nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday with, with and able to have my holidays and my weekends. I mean, that's been the, the best life for me. And um, it's been a really rewarding career. And um, through my career, I, I told Carla, I like to take a hold of people who are unsure about themselves and, and are insecure and, and want to go to the next level in their life. And since I've overcome a lot now, today's my birthday. I'm 53. And um, thank you. And I, I really feel like I'm at the right point in my life to, to, to give back to people and, and not just do my sideline. Oh my God, why are you depressed? What can I do to help? What are your true goals in life? Now, hopefully is the coach people will be attracted to me and come to me and, 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 and I can, I can help a, a more people, which in turn will make our whole world a better place. 
Yeah, and I don't know about you, but for me, the constraints we have in medicine, as far as time, I mean, there's so much overhead and so much unnecessary paperwork and electronic with electronic medical records and you know trying to figure out all the coding and just all of the non-podiatry stuff that we have to deal with. It's made medicine, it's given us less and less time to talk to patients and treat the patients. And I know for me, especially bringing diabetes back into it, which is someplace where we can really, really help someone's life. I mean, to, to spend five or 10 minutes with a patient trying to explain to them diabetes and wound care and all that within five or 10 minutes is very difficult because it's not just about healing that wound. It's about educating people and helping them become their own advocate so that um, they don't get the next wound so that they get their blood sugars down, they get their A1C down, you know? And that to me is where the coaching piece comes in. Because as a coach, you know, it's one-on-one, -on -one. you get to spend, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, one hour with the patient, with, with the client. And if they want more, you know, they can pay for more. So you can give that person all the time and attention that they need to help and present them with tools to help themselves so yes. that they control their own life. And so that was my goal is I don't really do surgery anymore, but back when I did do surgery, a lot of it was amputations and we, we don't have to get into the whole, uh, you know, neurobiology and, 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 um, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of diabetes here, but you know, it's depressing having people, the same people come in and you, you treat something and they just aren't able to understand how to reverse the process and how to get a hold of it. And it's a very complicated process and there's just no way that you can help someone help themselves as well with 10 minutes versus a one-on-one -on -one over you know, three, six, nine, 12 months. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. And then you and I were discussing the difference between a life coach and a therapist. And that is another huge reason why I am very pro-life coaches. I, I, I felt like I had, I was compelled to be one really because I went to therapists for a really long time when when I had my divorce and my, my um, custody battle. And I, I paid a therapist every week for six years and, and never once did she give me any of the tools and the clarity catalyst, which Carla and I teach, you know, which, which are mindfulness and emotional intelligence. And, and there's so many tools. And if I had had even one of these eight tools, my six year battle would have been, had a different outcome and it would have been much less, much less painful for myself and my children. And so you know, we get stuck in these um, preconceived things of what we think should be. Like, for example, I thought that my ex-husband should have to follow my agreement and he should follow the rules and that the courts should support me. And, and unfortunately, which I found out later, that that's not the case. You know, it's usually the more evil parent who is the winner and the kinder one that turns out to, to not be the winner. And, and in fact, 
everybody's the loser except for the, the lawyers. And so I hope that I can reach out and especially somehow touch some of the people and prevent them from making the same mistakes I made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember having this conversation with you about therapy and therapists. Um, and for me, I feel like, at least in my life, both of them are essential components to the healing process. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, therapists play an important role at holding space for people and they have the, the extensive training and, and background in mental health um, and the, the training to be able to help people in a wide variety of circumstances. But, um, you know, the other side of it is coaching. And I think if everybody had a good therapist and a good coach on their team, that's just the best combination possible. Yes. I, I, I agree. Depending on, depending on what you need, you know, right. Right. And, and, and that's part of the, the eight week course that we do. Once we teach you all these mindfulness tools, if you find that you do need more help, we refer you out to the appropriate um, specialist for that type of help that you might need. Right. Right. And that's so important. But yeah, coaching in general just has so many amazing tools that you can really use in real life. Would you would you think that I was wrong in saying that coaching really looks forward? It's just a forward looking, more um, positive and growth oriented type of thing. Absolutely. Where I'm not saying you're not allowed to look back and look at your past and analyze it. And that's what, to me, a therapist helps you with. Mm -hmm. But but to go forward, to move forward, I think we, we talked about the fact that some of the therapists aren't allowed to tell you certain things. Yeah, um, I know we talked about how, uh, at least in my experience, because I'm in a lot, I, I've, I've done quite a few coaching certification programs um, in each one, there's always a significant group of therapists who are there transitioning to coaching, just like you and I as podiatrists are transitioning to coaching, because there are limitations in, in these fields. And for what I've heard, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but what I've heard from my therapy friends and from colleagues in the coaching business is that they have certain rules that they have to follow. So many of them feel like they want to take their clients to a different level, but they're kind of bound by certain rules and regulations. And so a lot of them are getting into coaching so that they can take their clients to the next level. And I can only imagine if you have a coach who has a background in any type of mental health, that that's got to be, that's got to be a golden opportunity there. Yeah, that would, that would be because they could address both sides of the picture, I guess. But I know for me, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much my life has changed with coaching. Uh, it's just like you said. And what we say about coaching is that it collapses time. That you can maybe able to get to your goals without a coach. Um, you might be able to get to a better place in life but it might take 10, 15, 20 times longer. When you have a coach, 
it just really focuses things and collapses time so that you can get to your goals sooner, better, and a hell of a lot more fun. That, Would you say coaching is oh, fun? I mean, it is so fun that even when I felt really ill, even had a temperature, I taught a class. And during the time I taught that class, I felt great. So I, I and that's the whole thing. You want to do something that makes you feel good. And, and isn't during nothing's going to be 100%. But I guess don't we have the 8020 rule, you should feel great doing it, right? At least 80% of the time. And if you don't, you need to, to think about maybe what might be your next step to do. So how have you grown as a podiatrist? And how have you grown as a coach? How has each of these entities created the, the Brenna that we're seeing here now? Um, you know, I, 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 I love being a podiatrist. Um, but and, and you know, that it's a very finite set of, of rules we learn, you know, drug to drug interactions, you have best practices with podiatry. And so I, I kind of feel like, of course, I never know everything, but, but with podiatry, I, I, I love it. I think it's still challenging. Um, but after doing it for so long, I, I was looking for a different challenge. Like you said, like if I can only be in the room with somebody for 10 or 20 minutes, I just, I know they need so much more. And I know that I've learned the tools to give it to them. And as far as my own life goes, Carla, you know, I was getting up at four in the morning for years, just cycling in my head about what, what reliving my past about what I did wrong and, and how I could have changed it and having trouble going back to sleep. And now that I have these mindfulness tools, you know, I still wake up at four in the morning, but I re I, I do the, the breath, you know, here and now, here and now. And then, and then I tell myself the one tool, like Brenna, you can't, you can't relive the past, the, the peace is now, peace is here in the moment, you know? So stay in the moment where peace lives. And all those different tools have just really helped me. And um, if I hadn't taken the class, I would have still been in this, this cycle, this endless cycle that I had myself in, which I thought as a Jewish girl that I had to regret the past all the time and worry about the future. I didn't, I never realized I could be in the moment, even though my sister, who's a yoga teacher told me, Brenna, you need to be in the moment. I never knew what that meant. And I needed the extra time and a coach to really explain it to me. That's beautiful. I would really love to ask you more about your marathoning and triathloning. <laughs> How did you get into this? What kind of triathlons have you done? And uh, it might be revealing too much, but you know, I think I told you my ex-husband wasn't physically abusive, but he was mentally abusive. And I was just didn't realize that that was also a form of abuse. And so one of the things he told me was not to run that I looked stupid when I ran. So mm -hmm. once I got the courage to um, ask him to leave, um, I decided to, to run a half marathon. And, um, and so that's, that's what got me to start running. And I remember when I ran my first marathon, um, I wore one of his old sweatshirts and I started cause it's cold when you start. And I remember like mile two, I ripped it off and I threw it away, you know? And so running gave me a, a better insight of what my inner strength was. And um, to me, running is a moving meditation running's really pain. I, the first two miles feel like you're going to die. That's how I always tell everybody. But then after a certain point, you start to feel better. 
and that gives you running gives you clarity so it was a great healing for me to just to begin running each time before I'd start a half marathon I I would cry because I was so grateful that I found my strength as a person of that age oh my god that is such an amazing story I just want to take a second to just give you props because I love that. I love you ripping that shirt off to, you know, finalize that. I mean, go, man, go. That was awesome. <laughs> and then how about triathlons? How many triathlons have you done? So I've done um, the, the, <laughs> the longest triathlon I did was where I, I ran, I swam through the um, James River and what was that? That was an Olympic triathlon. And, um, but during the swim, um, they, 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 you know, they go alongside you with the boats, you know, I call it the paddy wagon to pick you up if you don't finish in a certain amount of time. So I was just trying to beat the boat. And then I was thinking about making up my will and, you know, I just feel like that was a little extreme. <laughs> if I survive, I'm going to make sure to get my will done. <laughs> Oh my God. That's too funny. That, that was, um, it was fun. It was, that's another way to find your deep personal strength is through doing, um, a competitive event like that. And believe it or not, a lot of people don't know this. Carla and I know this, but runners come in all shapes and sizes. And so do triathlons, you know, you could be a hundred years old and be a runner or a triathlete. So there, there's nothing that limits you. You don't have to be the fastest. It's really you versus yourself, you know? And when you do our, our training, the catalyst training, that, that's your outer work, right? Which I think is important. But then you also have to do this inner work where you have to ask yourself these powerful, hard questions, which is sometimes as hard as, as, as swimming through that James River where they're hard and some people don't want to do the homework and you feel like you're going to give up and the question's too hard. But if you can get yourself through to the other end, you're going to grow as a person and then you'll have an inside confidence that, that you can always keep with you. That is so true. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, and yeah, it doesn't matter your shape or size to get into any of these things. So just a little bit of a confession. I had done, I don't know how I got into triathlons when I was a kid, but I think I was uh, 16, 17 and 18 when I did three probably Olympic sized triathlons. Then I think they were called half triathlons or mini triathlons back then. Um, and then I went to medical school, was primarily sedentary, just shot up in weight. So a few years back, I was like, I've always wanted to do this again. So now I'm probably like 80 pounds overweight, can't run, and started trying to train for a triathlon. Fell off my bike, horrible injury. Um to my rotator cuff and uh, I think to a nerve in my neck completely set me back. I mean, I couldn't, I can't even ride a normal racing bike. Now I had to get a special bike. Um, and then I had to work through the, the psychology of trying to enter these races. And I'm the only one without, without a racing bike. Mm. Right. But sort of did the rehab and, and did some healing work so I could get back in there. So when I went back, for my first triathlon uh, and people that do triathlons are going to, you know, see the humor in this, but it was called an entry-level triathlon. So there's, I live relatively close to Napa Valley in California and they have a great triathlon 
uh, that's really low key so that kids can enter it. People like me who are coming, coming back into it after a long time. It was literally a hundred meter swim, which for people, if you go to a swimming pool, like a standard swimming pool, that's like four times up and back, oh. <laughs> it's like nothing. Right. And then a three mile bike and a one mile swim, uh, sorry, a one mile run. I mean, that's like practically nothing, but I have to say that when I, and I felt really ridiculous entering this because I, I even told my therapist, I'm like, this is a baby race. That's what I felt like. But the swim was actually in a lake and I had to wear a wetsuit and I had never done that before. So I sprinted out there. I mean, the, you know, the swimming was over in just a couple of minutes. But what I didn't know about triathlons is that some people get dizzy from the swimming, especially in a lake, especially in a cold lake, especially when you're wearing a wetsuit. So when I got out, I couldn't even walk straight. I was like falling over, trying to get the, to the transition zone. My husband was freaking out. He's like, oh my God, do we need to call the medic? And I'm like, no, you're not calling the medic, you know? But that gave me the confidence. And then the next year I did the Olympic level. Mm -hmm. And I was training for a longer one. I had lost, you know, a ton of weight. Uh, I was training for the next level up when COVID hit. But one of the things that I wanted to mention um, that you said is about the deep inner, the deep inner peace and the, the deep inner connection that you get when doing these. Because I remember the second one I did, the longer one, was, was in the ocean. And I went for a practice swim since I had never done this before. And I just remember looking around at all the faces in the sand in the, the prep time that they were explaining how this was all going to work. And I was like, wow, all these people look like they're dealing with some deep stuff and that they're trying to get mentally zoned to go into this water where you're swimming a half mile in the freezing cold Pacific Ocean where there's sea otters and sea lions like swimming next to you and stuff. It was, it was just crazy. So the inner work, the outer work, it's just a beautiful thing. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree that you have to do both. It, it gives you, it, you're going to feel better. And I always tell patients, you got to work with what you've got, you know, like if they have bad knees, you can bike. You know, if you really that bad, you can swim. There's always something you could do to keep yourself moving. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you mentioned yoga. I think you mentioned that your sister was a yoga teacher. Oh, yeah. I mean, yoga is also a, a great, a great moving meditation. You know, as a podiatrist, I always say that's my secret. This is the secret because, sorry, because um, yoga will help you um, to stretch and you got to stretch your body out. If you don't, you're going to get contracted and you're going to get some problems. Which and I tell my patients out. all the time, if you can start a yoga program, that's beautiful, especially, you know, the people with the plantar fasciitis, because a lot oh, of yeah. times it's really just tight muscles, tight calf muscles, tight hamstrings. And then you get an equinus and, you know, the plantar fasciitis just pops up. Exactly. And I tell them, you know, that's a sign that you're just not taking good care of your body. Mm. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about today to kind of enlighten the people that are listening to the podcast? 
you know, I, I like to put a plug in for this Clarity Catalyst because I, I took the class a year ago as a student and it blew me away. And it just, it really, it's life-changing and it's eight, eight lessons. Each lesson is about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. It's once a week for eight weeks. There's a little bit of homework. Like I said, we call it soul work. And it's, it's life-changing. Every week is my favorite lesson. And every day, I think about those lessons. And so it, it, it's like, to me, it's like the best bang for your buck. And it's the best money you could invest in yourself. And time is to take this class because it's something that you keep with yourself forever. And so, you know, my plug is, if you have more interest, you know, look on our website. Carla is... Um, on the west coast and so she's in a different time zone and does different times and i'm on the east coast so we are going to work together and be your podiatry clarity catalyst people <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that i noticed that quite a few times you mentioned that the this clarity catalyst program that you went through was super life-changing can you give one powerful example yeah i would love to give you one so the first week i took it um they tell you why you should live your life with no expectations and and it, it, it's so basically if you have no expectations you're not going to get hurt so i had a patient who came in and he broke his toe I'm like how'd you break your toe he said i'm i'm working on somebody's house and i knew they were gonna say something rude to me and they don't appreciate me and i got so mad i just kicked the door when they left and i'm like and you broke your own toe i'm like listen you need to live your life with no expectations don't expect people to be nice to you just don't do it that way if they're nice to you that's great and if they're not nice to you you're not hurt and you're not hurting yourself over it because you can't control anybody else you can only control yourself and and i changed the guy's life in my 10 minute appointment so i said look on my and i still have it as the screensaver on my phone no expectations so i'm telling you if you don't have expectations you are not going to get hurt and we it takes us an hour and 15 minutes to fully explain it but that's just a little teaser <laughs> and how did it change your life specifically Ooh, what was a powerful I mean, experience you had specifically? Oh, that's a really good question. It, it changed my life in, in so many ways. Okay, so every every 10 minutes that I have to see another patient, it changes my life because um, my medical assistants are supposed, I'm a podiatrist, they're supposed to take both shoes off so I can look at their feet, their shoes and socks. I walk into the room and I expect to be able to say hi to them and check their feet but they don't. They always just pick one off. <laughs> it drives me nuts. And I used to get so angry when I'd walk in the room, just my, I could feel my blood pressure go up. Like, are they screwing with me? Do they hate me? Why can't they just take both shoes off? And so now I don't expect the shoes to come off. So when I walk in the room and their shoe, one shoe is on and one shoe is off, I just laugh to myself. I'm like, okay, no expectations. Let's just go ahead and take this shoe off. And then if I walk in and both shoes are off, I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, so it really, it really, really made me have lower blood pressure. Just that. How about you? I love that. I love that. Well, speaking about the office, um, I do have to in, infuse that more when I'm at the office, but that that kind of thinking has changed the way I deal with the office. Um, we have really, really long days 
And I used to also get, I'm, I'm really good the first half and maybe a little bit longer of the day. But after that, I'm kind of really tired. So a lot of my guard is down. So I, I tend to get really kind of depressed and sort of zone out, especially after the patients are gone and I'm, I'm stuck with all these charts that I need to then write. Um, it was very difficult, but I'll say the most, one of the most powerful experiences I had was there's a great tool for in, in the relationship part of the course for how to deal with people. And while I was a student in this, I had to fly back East for uh, a wedding. My nephew was getting married and, you know, just like you, when I grew up, there was a lot of trauma. And so I knew this was going to be a very triggering event and I was really worried about it. I wanted to be there to see my sister. I wanted to be there for my nephew um, and to see other relatives that I missed. But I knew there was going to be a lot, a lot of triggers. And not only were we seeing my side of the family, we were seeing my husband's side of the family. And my in-laws are fantastic. But when you're staying with people and when you're traveling, triggers can come up and negative situations can come up. And I have to tell you, using the tools as we were learning them through that experience, it was two weeks of just pure peace and bliss in an, ex in, in an environment that could have been explosive and horrible and stressful. It was just pure, pure bliss. And that was the selling point for me. You know, when I, when I experienced that, I was like, I know she's going to offer people to become trainers in this and I'm signing up because I cannot believe I just had this powerful experience. Which, which tool do you think helped you the most with those two weeks? Trouble with you. Can you explain Trouble that? Just, you. It'll help me. Just... So this is a great, uh, another sneak peek into the clarity catalyst. And again, you know, the courses take time to, to, to go through, but and the trouble with you, you basically think of someone who really triggers you and pushes your buttons and you fill in this sentence. The trouble with you so-and-so is, so if you're not getting along with your spouse or your parent or your kid, you would say the trouble with you, Sam, is that you're arrogant, you don't listen, and you, you, you fill in about three to five things that your critic would say. That your lower self would say. And we'll just pick one, right? The trouble with you, Sam, is that you don't listen to me. And then you would make another column where your voice of wisdom or your higher self would answer the same question. So if the trouble with Sam is that he doesn't listen to, to you when you're coming from your lower self, coming from your higher self, you might say, I know Sam doesn't listen to me because this is how he was taught he's, or he's under a lot of stress um, and he doesn't mean anything personally to me. This is just his learned response. So it's not about me. And there's another part to this, which I'll get into, but just that little part, it takes you out of the drama. Mm -hmm. It really makes you see, so you're kind of like stepping back and looking at the situation 
without all that tumultuous emotion that gets you in trouble. That is one of the emotional intelligence tools that is life-changing. But the other important side to that is the second part of the, the exercises, you say the trouble with me when I'm with you. So the trouble with me when I'm with Sam is if he says something like, you don't listen to me, I get triggered. And I come yes. from a place of, you know, triggering a triggering response rather than a place of thoughtful response. Right. Um, but you do the same thing. You answer from the, the inner critic or lower self and you answer from the higher self, the same three to five questions. Yes. So we, we train you to be an independent observer of your thoughts. So you, you feel you're getting triggered, but you step outside yourself and you analyze it with questions. It's great. It's just so freeing. Yes. It's so freeing to witness an event that a month or two months or three months before would have triggered you. Right. And now it's not a big deal. That's right. And you just sail right by it. So nothing really annoys me anymore. And I don't take anything personally anymore because you can't, you can only control that which you can control. And if it does start to annoy me, I, I search deep inside, like what's really the trouble with me? Why is this really annoying me? And then, you know, you think of it and you're like, okay, that's not important. Move on, you know, right. into our higher purpose, our higher, our higher words. You know, the, the thing I'd, I'd love for you to show is the, there's a screenshot of all the high words that you can use. And there's the low words that you can use. Uh-huh. It's, you know, the rainbow. Oh, I love that. So I, I study that. And the goal is to stick on your higher, in your, to your higher self. I love that. I love that. So Brenna Steinberg, if people want to work with you, if they want to see you as a podiatrist or they want to hire you as a coach so that they can start their journey of self-growth and healing, where can, where in the world can they find Dr. Brenna Steinberg? So <laughs> you can find me at mynewfeet.com. That's my podiatry office. Um, and you could, you can make an appointment. <laughs> um, and the other, and then my um, other business is clarityisthekey.com. So they can just go to your website and then how do they find you when they go to your website? So um, when you go to the website, you could go to the, um, you could click on the tabs and, and there's one tab that says work with me and you can click on it and it'll say what my upcoming classes are and, um, and you can send me a message, Love it. schedule Love a it. time to have a conversation and check the show notes down below the, the title for this, because I'm going to put her website information in there so that it's easy for you to just click and get in touch with her. All right now, Brenna, what would you say? So there, our audience is full of people from all walks of life. And everyone listening is most likely looking for self-growth, which is why they're listening to our web, to our podcast. So what can they do right now? They turn the podcast off. They want to start right now, personal growth journey, doing it. Maybe they don't have any money. Maybe they have money. Maybe they don't have resources. Maybe they do have resources. How can they start infusing their future right now after we hang up? Well, I mean, there's a book that we always recommend on the reading list. Um, Do tell. 
um, what's it called? Just uh, the Untethered Soul. Yes, the Untethered Soul is really, really a great book you can read. And um, there's several little things you can do. My my favorite one is if you're confused, just start journaling. Just start journaling your thoughts. Just let it all go. Put it on the piece of paper. Make your to-do list. Write it down. You know, actually, I have the perfect solution to your question. So if you're in a group of people, only 5% of the people write down their goals and their lists. Those are the most successful people. I've always had a planner and I've always been a list maker. So, you know, whatever it is you want to do, the way to get it out and to find clarity is to just keep writing, keep writing and make a list and, and understand that to eat an elephant, you can only, it's, you can't, you have an elephant in front of you. We all do. You can't eat it all at once. You have to eat it just bite by bite by bite. So that's, that's the way to do it. Just make a list and prioritize and that'll help you to get control of a lot of your, your worries. And that helps you to hit your dreams and your goals a lot faster. And then of course, you know, Carl and I would both agree that having a coach and a therapist, if you need one is, is definitely um, a way to fast track where you, from where you are now to where you want to be. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And everybody take action today, right? Do one action step. And if you can just type into the comments below this, this podcast, what action step are you going to take today to start healing, to start growing? Thank you so much, Brenna, for taking the time to come and share this half hour with me. I know you're super busy, so it means a lot that you gave us your time today. Thank you, Carla. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope it helps you on your journey to an enjoyable life. If you or someone you know would like to work with me to help you develop healthier habits, contact me through my website at coachingwithdrc.com. That's drc.com. And we'll start a conversation. I absolutely love co-creating better futures with people who are motivated to build a better life for themselves. Finally, here's my call to action today. Let go of your expectations for at least a week. All week, just go with the flow of life, as long as it's safe, of course, and don't sweat it if things don't go your way. If things don't go as expected, just let it go and be curious about the outcome. See what happens. Let us know how your experience was in the comments below. Bye.